This is the True North Collective podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on wellness created by the real-life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 11. Hey guys, I'm Janelle Reisner, a certified fitness instructor and personal trainer, an entrepreneurial badass, and a recovering sugar addict. Hello, I'm Rachel Bilotti. I am a life and mindset coach, a free-spirited entrepreneur, a road trip junkie, and unicorns are my spirit animal. We are the hosts of the True North Collective podcast. What's going on, Rachel? You always have the same intro. It just makes me laugh. I know. (laughs) The same way every single time. I'm a creature of habit. No, I'm good. I'm really good. I've been sleeping a ton. Can't change things up too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, No, I'm good. I've been sleeping a ton. I last night slept 11 hours. That was amazing. I feel like I just laid down and then I woke back up in the same exact position. And it was glorious so how are you just laid down yeah like you know how you like you lay down in one position and then all of a sudden you wake up and the sun's up and you're like I don't think I moved an inch the whole night yeah that's the best yeah yeah it's been good that is definitely the best how are you doing how's the new job good now I'm up and rolling like finally useful so that's always cool to be useful Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so it's been exciting to actually be up in front of the classroom and teaching, but also semi-exhausting in a good way. But I did my first three-day stretch this week where I was teaching a group for eight hours every single day. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, crazy. so it's a lot. They're like 12, yeah, they're like 12 hour days because you get in early and then you prep the room and then like you're physically with them for it's actually ends up being like about eight hours, sometimes a little bit more when, yeah, pretty much no breaks either. Like you, you give them breaks, but then you're talking to them. Yeah, while they're yeah. Are you, is it just you or are you with another person or people? It is just me now. Oof. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. What do you do to like re-energize yourself afterwards or to like fill yourself back up? Sleep for sure. Speaking mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so you know what you just said? And I don't know, I just try to zone out, like finding the balance too of coming home to a significant other and like having that expectation that like I cannot give you much right now until I rest up. So you know me, what I like to do, just sit and watch TV and not think. The most mindless (laughs) thing you can do. I'm I'm sure it'll take a little while for you to like figure out your way to with that. Yeah, well, it'll just get easier like once the content's more familiar. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, things definitely change, but right now, obviously, everything I'm teaching is brand new to me. Yeah. And it's pretty much my first time teaching it all, so I I think it'll get at least a little bit easier and more natural, because right now it's like, holy crap, it's, you know, eight hours of content, and not that there's a script necessarily, but you still have to hit all your key points and your talking points on every yeah. single slide. Yeah, totally. That's cool. Um, I did... I did three leadership trainings this week, attended. And even just attending them Mm -hmm. was like Mm -hmm. exhausting because you're just, you know, you put everything into it and you're Mm. really trying to be present and paying attention and it's new stuff. And um, it was great, but it was a lot. So 
Yeah, that's the cool thing about this job, too, is we do a lot of personal development, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. But it's funny that you say that because even last week, our entire team did a, a, like an offsite with um, an outside company just to, you know, build up rapport and have, have opportunities for self-develop, um, personal development and self-development. And it was like an eight-hour day, too. And I'm like, I was so exhausted oh, by yeah. the end of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whether, whatever, no matter what side you're on, it, it seems to be sucking up a lot of energy which for good reason but it's it's definitely can be a lot (laughs) yeah totally and have you gotten outside hiking and stuff i'm hoping we're gonna go today i want to go to north county today and do some hiking but at least running do something it's starting to warm up now good which is exciting and i have um it was my birthday last week as you know and uh, Beige, my significant other, got me a new little toy that I wanted. Yeah. It's called Whoop. And it's, yeah, it's called Whoop and it's a wearable, but it's a little bit different than my Garmin in the sense that it tracks your recovery and daily strains. So those are kind of the big, big focuses of it. So you wear it all day long. It tracks, yeah, your heart rate, your heart rate variability, and your, um, like your resting heart rate as well. And it lets you know your strain on like a scale, I think of it's like zero to 18. And then it also tracks your recovery based off of your sleep and all of those heart rate factors Yeah. and lets you know if you're in the green. So like actually last night I slept a lot. So it's like you're well rested and you're ready for like strenuous activity. Um, and it'll tell you like your, your sleep performance Whereas if you're not well recovered, like you might be in the red and it's like, eh, maybe you take a rest day or if you do something like make it a lighter day because you're more likely to hurt yourself or not actually get like a benefit from your workout. Do you have to wear it for like a week for it to get like a stable or like a baseline? It's four days it takes to get the baseline and then after that it it starts to give you a little bit more specific and details, but actually there's like another level too. So that's just for the basic functionality. And apparently after you wear it for a month, they give you even more in-depth reporting, but I don't fully know what that is yet. <laughs> that's so sweet. I remember you telling us about that at Ragnar and I cannot wait to see what you think. Of yeah, that. I know this one's a little bit different than the original one I saw because the one I saw before it was just your heart rate variability and it was one of those um, like finger heart rate monitors mm-hmm. and you did that every morning and this one you were all the time so it's kind of cool it has like some additional functionality uh, than the one I originally saw which I'm excited about so yeah I'll let you know especially I'm not really training for anything right now so it's not as useful but as yeah we get into our next Ragnar or I start to amp things up a little bit. It'll be interesting to see what information I get from it. Yeah. I definitely am just using the old listen to my body technique as I'm training for this half marathon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, that totally works. We've talked about this, I think. Yeah. I, like, need permission to, like, not push myself yeah. too sometimes. Well, I just recently – so I built out my whole training program with, like – it's. I started with the free Hal Higdon 12-week and then just doubled it. So each week of his, I'm just doing for two weeks. And I originally had like certain days were my rest days and everything. And I was realizing that my weekend is so different because I work in retail part-time. And so Mm -hmm. for me, 
it was I realized after the first three weeks like I need to have my weekends where I do nothing and if I wanted to I could add something to it but so I just just last week switched it so my Saturdays and Sundays are like rest days and so far it feels really really good so we'll see how that goes that's awesome yeah yeah so yeah all right cool should we get bring our guest on yeah awesome okay so we have Anya De Niro with us today um and Anya is a dear friend of mine I met her my gosh I don't know how many years ago we've worked at a few different advertising agencies together um was it 2000 well no it had to have been later than that I graduated in 2005 from college so it might have been 2007 2006 or 7 yeah yeah Um, but so yeah, I've known Anya for a while and, um, a few years ago she actually transitioned. So I knew her before that and recently have come, we've come back into each other's lives and I'm just so inspired by everything she's up to. Um, I mean, even since the first time I met you. So I'm so excited to just share your story and, um, to chat with you. So welcome. Yeah. I'm excited (laughs) to be here. Welcome. Hi. (laughs) Cool. So Anya, why don't you tell us um, a little bit of just like what's going on in your life right now? Where are you? What are you up to? Just give us a quick little update. Okay. Wow. (laughs) It's been a pretty quiet year. No, it's been absolutely (laughs) fetched it. I have in the last half month, I mean half year, I guess, I've um, moved out of my house and I'm living by myself for the first time in 20 years. Um, I got laid off from my job about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the job I was at six and a half years ago. What else? Um, I came out to like the last piece of the puzzle of the people I haven't come out to was my 91-year-old grandmother, and, and I was, like, terrified for no reason, but it worked out Good. amazing. You know, it's funny, when you are coming out, you you're, it feels like cliff diving, mm-hmm. like you just, I've never, I've never cliff dived, <laughs> but this is what it feels like, but then it's like, okay, now do that again 20 times. Oh, yeah. Like, literally every facet of your life. So I had I had been out of practice of that because for the last couple of years or so I um, hadn't done any really any big you know coming out that this is who I am now and so on and so forth. Um, you know my grandmother's in a nursing home, so it was um, you know she roams around a lot there, so sometimes it was hard to like contact her, and so it was like oh that feeling again of yeah getting ready to jump off the cliff one last time you know and yeah. it was awesome it was it was really she was really welcoming and, and fun give me like uh, she gave me some of her jewelry and Aww. it was you know I don't know if you have um, grandparents you know or, or had grandparents who are like okay well I'm I'm gonna die soon yep. so have this <laughs> You know, and it's like, no, no, please. You know, <laughs> that. So, um, yeah, but that really touched me, obviously. Um, That's so yeah. cool. My, awesome. my grandma just turned 101. She's my only one left, my Italian wow. one. 
And so I call her every so often, and she's the same thing. Like, I was like, Nana, you're 101. This is so cool. And she's like, don't tell people that. And I was like, Nana, you're 35. How <laughs> cool. And she was like, much better. She's so with it still. It's just insane. But her, bo- her body is dying. And so she's like, it's so hard for her. Like, she's going blind, and she's her hearing is going, and she can – walking is really tough but her brain is just like like the day I was coherent of her (laughs) like it's pretty crazy so yeah so yeah so um there's been a lot of um change going on um a lot of it is um really good change some of it's scary change but I kind of feel like you know I worked very hard to get to this point where I could have a lot of change I guess let me put it yeah. that way because I lived through a lot of my life without change or af- afraid of change so having these things happen and just kind of everything kind of rupture at once it's not necessarily bad but it is you know it can be a little scary and exciting and it's been a really interesting year in um, a variety of ways so I think deep down even if things are happening that are like kind of scary or unsettled you know I'm I'm happy so like down in the bones I guess so yeah it's so cool and it's it was interesting for us to you know we when we were talking before this of just like what's all been going on and I've always seen you from the outside as just like this really comfortable person with whoever you are, wherever you are. And that's why I've always been like attracted to being, wanting to hang out with you and, um, and how, what a different place you were actually in back when we used to hang out versus now. And, um, I don't know, it was just, it was a really cool conversation, um, that back before your transition, I, I mean, I thought I know you then and I, that, that's why I wanted you on this, in this conversation. And yet the reality of the situation is that you were really just like lost and not really feeling that great and how interesting that is. Yeah. It's, and, and I think that, you know, like, and you were talking about yourself, like that, I mean, it was obviously different circumstances, but like something of the same situation, you know? And so it's like, especially when you are in a you know a work setting I think that there is I I, I should say like you know that there are definitely parts of me you know that were like genuine and happy and open and and like a lot of good things you know happen to me I guess in my early to mid 30s you know like the kind of that time I'm thinking of but yeah like deep like deep down like just things just didn't feel right and I tried to find a lot of fixes for them that just might have been like a quick a quick fix but not really get at the root of the problem and I so I had a lot of you know, anxiety um, I had a lot of anger like people are always surprised and it's something I still work on like people are always super surprised you know I have this this, this temper you know when it doesn't like really exhibit itself like when I'm at you know work or or whatever but it's just like something that I've really struggled with and a lot of because I 
spent a lot of years just pushing anger inward, you know, and a lot of it was anger at myself for not figuring this shit out. For what, and I had no idea. I had no idea how to figure it out. So that just like expended and consumed a lot of energy. So I didn't have a lot of energy really to figure out anything else really. So I So was it just uh, was it just that you were like felt not like you didn't know who you were? Is that what it felt like? I I felt the way that I looked at it was that I I yeah, I think that's another way of saying it. I like I felt like deep down in my core that there was like a hole and I didn't know I can, and it was kind of like a black hole just because I would like throw stuff in it and it would just kind of like disappear and it's like this is really this is really unsettling <laughs> like nothing's like in terms of like a hole inside of like who I was as a person like just like something wasn't matching and what you know I found out later was like oh this actually you know has a name you know it was actually you know it was actually gender dysphoria which was you know the root of what the core of what I was going through. So and and a lot of other um, transgender people go through mm-hmm. um, that something's just something's just missing. But I didn't have like the words or the language. I never thought of it as like oh I'm in the wrong body. You know that's like what a lot of people. You know kind of the traditional narrative of let's just say trans women. There's a lot of there's trans men and you know, non-binary folks, but like just for trans women, because that's what I know best Mm -hmm. of like, oh, I knew, you know, when I was seven, when I was like trying on my sister's dresses and playing with Barbie dolls and, you know, and I was told not to, but I always knew. And it's like, I know, I had no idea. Like I didn't know idea in my twenties, you know, and through a lot of my thirties, like they're just, I just didn't have the language for it. And I had too much anxiety and kind of, self uh, self hate i guess just masking all of that so i kind of put on a mask myself yeah. you know and so i mean i would have those impulses i would have those ideas or dreams even mm-hmm. um literally and figuratively of like being that or doing that but it just felt like no this is not me this is clearly <laughs> like like being a woman is just clearly not me. I just couldn't, there's just no way I could do it, it's, you know? And so I push it down again. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to hear you say that because you mentioned it earlier, you know, both of us, when we had known each other, we're both kind of a shell of ourselves. And anyone who knew me back then would be like, no way. Like I'm, I mean, I was yeah. still really energetic and very authentic and stuff, but really, really on the inside, like I, I mean, I was just numb. And um, for us to have such similar situations or experiences that were happening, um, two things are are fascinating to me. One, um, that it wasn't like you were feeling like you were in the wrong body because naive Rachel totally thought that that's what it was like. (laughs) You know, like that Mm -hmm. I would imagine that that's what it would be like. And what you describe is actually what it felt like for me back then when it just... I wasn't connected to my true self. I didn't even know who that was. And the people who were closest, closest to me would say like, I just want you to be content. And I'd be like, fuck you. Like, I'm trying. (laughs) I am content. Yeah, like, I'm fucking content. (laughs) And 
And like, so to ha- to be like having a, like I can fully understand what you're saying, even though like the actual form of it for both of us was a little bit different. And like, right. you know, I had other traumas that I was figuring out and I don't know if I can really put a pin so much into like what exactly like came forward for me now that makes me feel happy like I do feel happy now and um, I think it was truly that like my soul is now living on the outside versus this like this facade that I created that I thought I was supposed to be that was not working anymore. (laughs) For sure. For sure. Yeah. No, that's super interesting because it's a very specific kind of transition is a very specific change, but it also has a lot of different people kind of go through those transformations. You know, mine happened to deal with, you know, eventually I did figure out that it's like, oh, it's actually things about my body that I really don't like that aren't matching up, Mm -hmm. you know, but it was a lot more subtle than, oh, I'm trapped in this, you know, dude body, you know, (laughs) it's, it's a lot more because I think that the, you know, the link and the kind of the, it's kind of like that mind body division, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not, it's on kind of on a gradient that it's not like I have this cognition that's like, completely separate from my body the brain is part of the body so you know like when so it's like you're not like trapped in your body is like that just didn't work for me because just it was just a lot more subtle you know Mm -hmm. but I definitely like when I started to like realize like actually like these thoughts and feelings actually aren't something to be ashamed of but actually a part of who I am like that was the mm-hmm. first step to like really say okay like just it was just a massive relief even just to admit that to myself let alone another person you know yeah. and so that was like okay now what do I do about it and then that took a very long time mm-hmm. <laughs> to actually figure that out and like can I get I don't want to use the word courage but just like the resiliency to be able to like start to make those changes like very slowly and um, yeah, then it just kind of went downhill from there. Um, I mean, like kind of like gained the gained momentum from there. Um, mm-hmm. But it's really interesting. Um, I, I hear I've heard from a lot of other trans women that when like there's this period, not certainly not every one. I don't want to like generalize, but that there's this period right before you come out to yourself, where or, or even like a little bit before where you're saying okay this is obviously not me i'm obviously not a woman so i'm gonna like do the most like guy thing imaginable to prove to myself and to everyone else that this is you know that these feelings i have inside like i'm just gonna push them down so hard that they're gonna come out the other side you know like (laughs) it's like 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 you know they'll like you know join the marines or you know, ride a motorcycle or really grow the beard out long. <laughs> it's like all these things are like, I'm going to hide, I'm going to just go into overdrive. Like, cause like think like feelings are starting to like pop up a little more and it gets a little harder to like control them and stuff. It's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to start barbecuing or just like, all the- <laughs> was, for me, it was like reading all of this, like really dense 
philosophy by guys because I was like really desperately trying to like find meaning and and like the way that I kind of tried to do it was like in this very intellectual cognitive way mm-hmm. and kind of just like well fuck my body I'm not going to deal with my body I'm just going to deal with my mind and and maybe I'll feel maybe I'll get through you know it's just a matter of like feeling like surviving yeah. so it's just really interesting like before the dam kind of bursts like there's this moment of you know we got to make the dam builder yeah. <laughs> it, just be super dam and then but it doesn't work it just doesn't work and then it's like fuck you know like actually like no like this is real this is something that i have to address if i want to live and live healthily and like the the thing that cut you know that kind of precipitated a lot of that change for me was you know my kids being born mm-hmm. you know I have um, you know six-year-old six and a half year old I'm um, twins I'm um, Allie and Toby um, they're Congrats. yeah thanks <laughs> yeah so it was a long journey to get the to um, to have them you know my we had a lot of infertility issues so we did in vitro you know so it took a long time and yeah. it, it was very hard and so we went to the Czech Republic to have or she so she could have in vitro and that was just kind of this adventure and stuff and so yeah so they implant two eggs and they both took i guess they're fertilized and so we had the twins and it's like a lot of this stuff was just starting to like really like i was really trying to like this was the period where i was like well one sleep deprived but also like i need to like you know i can't be going through this massive change so i'm gonna just gonna like just you know pretend to be this dad yeah. i guess and you're gonna man really up man up yeah it was like man up you know yeah. and such bullshit yeah because like i was you know love these little babies so much that i was like i can't i got to like i don't want to be like this like like what you said like a shell of myself or them Mm -hmm. you know like I have to do something even though it was obviously the hardest thing that I've ever done you know because it because it just set a lot of change into motion it was that really experience of parenthood just like there was just a lot of like emotional vulnerability that came up through being a parent you know that I think just allowed me to be kind of tender with myself a little bit you know which I hadn't really allowed you know because that they were just like kind of like exuding this kind of unconditional like you know love that's what like caused me to like say okay I I gotta do something even though I'm I'm terrified you know and so that that's kind of like where that journey started that's so cool Anya I didn't realize that at all obviously how would I um but, like, that you had these, like, miracle babies and they were miracles in, like, so many different ways. Yeah. And, and that it was, like, love that really pulled you through, even though it didn't feel like it. That's very powerful. Just kind of an interesting, I, I'm not a parent, but kind of a, an interesting perspective on parenthood and what and what it can bring you to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, certainly, like, Parenthood is, especially when you have little kids and when it's, you know, 
twins, you know, it's yeah. just <laughs> bonkers, you know, like the first year was just absolutely bonkers. And, you know, that you're giving a lot to the kids, but even at that age, you know, it's just like with who they are, like they can't, it can't help not change you. You know, that was incredibly meaningful for me um, to just kind of like, you know, be there for them and realize that, like, actually, if I'm the best way to take care of them was to actually take care of myself. After you kind of able to come out to yourself, what was the experience finally telling someone else? Um, oh, boy. It, it, <laughs> and it really depended on the person because I was yeah. like therapy at that point and Mm -hmm. you know I have this going on and here's what I think and it's like I think I'm trans in some way I don't know like what way and I'm like does this make sense and he's like yeah yeah it makes total sense it's like okay Um, I also just had like a lot of just like online friends like who I'm very like even now I, I don't really talk to them I'm just very appreciative of like people who are just kind of like starting to figure it out too you know at the same time you know shout out to Tumblr (laughs) (laughs) Tumblr for a long time I felt like Um, yeah I was 39 social media and like finding out other people's stories was like a giant help so like you know talking to some people about that was like super helpful at that point it was just a lot of like work in progress you you hear the phrase like i don't feel trans enough you know because you see people are like ah yes i am a woman and 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 i think that's great when there's just like a very clear narrative um but what happened for me was just like yeah i feel you know like i know there's something here but i'm not sure what form that's going to take it was harder for me to like tell people because it had to be like, okay, so I'm trans and I'm still not sure like what the path is for me <laughs> to feel better at all. So I am not sure like how yeah. you can, <laughs> you know, like I'm not like, like it was like some, some, you know, like trans women, you know, just know right away and they just, go through the steps like and yeah that wasn't me at all it took me it took me several years to to kind of I end, I think I ended up picking up on that path but I, I guess I'm glad that I kind of did it in a very meandering way because I was still gaining the confidence to be able to f- figure myself out you know I got in just to the point where I was able to like yes like acknowledge this about myself but then it's like okay, how do you build the tools to actually take care of yourself and really know what you want? You know, like, I, I wasn't sure what I wanted still. You know, okay. in the midst of, like, you know, having this family and, and the I wasn't sure what my life was going to look like at all. It's interesting because, I mean, you actually said this when we talked last time that you know, at the surface, it feels so big, but yet yeah. at the end of the end of the day, all you're trying to do is be able to go to the grocery store and feel comfortable being you. Yeah. <laughs> and like I, and so there, if you if you take away the form of what you're experiencing, everything there's so mm. much human normal human stuff in what you're saying about yes. just 
about just figuring out how to be yourself, about figuring out, you know, for me, it was through the use of my hair, which is like so benign, but for me, it, it didn't feel that way. You know, as a cancer survivor, my hair was like pretty important and, you know, I shaved it all off and then I got a mohawk and then I dyed it a rainbow color. And, and the way people respond to you and the way I responded to myself through that, through those yeah. changes is, is so f- similar to what you're saying. And so I really, really appreciate you doing it your way and then being able to share that with us because I feel, I don't know, I feel so like connected to you and like, yeah. oh yeah, we all experience this and yeah. it's really cool. <laughs> yeah, it is a super relatable experience. I was actually thinking the exact same thing as as you were describing this this process and it's like in some way, shape or form, like people go through that that experience of like who who am I who do I want to be and a lot of times we don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> and we you know there might be pressures from the outside telling us to be this or be that but a lot of times you just have to have the patience to realize that it's okay not to know right now and just kind of take it one day at a time and see you know check do those small daily check-ins to say like does, does this feel right and it doesn't have to have you know this set finish line somewhere that we've had all completely figured out right right totally and, and I think that for me it was like looking at you know a certain few things that I wanted to well, just actually a lot of things that I wanted to change but it was just like setting small goals you know and and sticking to those and saying okay well after I finish this goal like what's the next goal you know and then suddenly like you know, it started with like, you know, just like, and and I was still like in, I self-identified as trans, but I was still like, I guess, in the closet, you know, so I was like, okay, what do I do to like, just start giving myself an anchor um, for this identity? It's like just painting my nails, painting my toenails, you know, just something simple as that. And I was having these conversations, like, like with the checkup person like I was like too like it's like oh you you know your daughter it's like oh look at that the the, the dad with the you know pink fingernails I bet your daughter painted that and I'm like oh yeah yeah that's <laughs> you know but it's like, it's like I hope my year and a half old daughter didn't paint my nails you know that would be very bad of me as a parent you know <laughs> like so but it was like you know, I was still, I was like claiming a little space. Um, I think the thing with, yeah, and I agree, like, I, a lot of the, the stuff that led to transition was to be able to feel like happy in my own skin and just do normal stuff without being, you know, looked at weird or harassed. Um, you know, and I think it's really complicated because um each person is like i think a lot of it is there's still like so much societal stigma about trans people you know when i first started out and, and you know i wasn't there there's this idea of passing of kind of like blending in i like the term blend and more than pass because it be, turns into this like pass fail dichotomy of like oh do you look like um 
you know, um, do, so just about, do you know, you know, you've heard of the term cis woman, right? Or cisgendered? I don't that know. Right? I haven't. Uh-uh. Okay. So just. Yeah, like, I don't have any either. Okay. So this is like, just like some like one-on-one stuff. So it's mm-hmm. like, if you are, um, you know, transgender, it's like the descriptive term of what the opposite of that is, is you know, that is kind of coming to use as cisgendered, C-I-S. So it's like if you're just born and just kind of happy in your own skin, like ah. that's like cisgendered experience. It's just a way to describe that. Instead of saying real woman, you know, it's like, you know, like, oh, if I had, you know, so I could look and pass as a real woman. Like, I don't want to, like, I am a real woman, you know, but just a, mm-hmm. just a little different. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's so that's what I mean when I say cisgender. Like if I blend into um, cisgender society, just like going to the grocery store or whatever, like sometimes, a lot of times I wouldn't, you know, and even now, like sometimes I get like dirty looks or whatever, you know, so it's like the scale of what I was doing was all, was making me feel good about myself, but also I wanted to get to a point where I just didn't have to like, I wanted to get to a point where I just didn't have to think about what other people thought of me mm-hmm. when just doing just dumb shit throughout the day. You know what I mean? And it's because it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Like that whole thing that we were talking about, about taking energy, like when people are glaring at you all day, like it just takes up a lot of energy. And I, it is like this inner relationship of, of this very intensely personal stuff with this society, like where I think they did like, a, I, I'm going to have to go back and look at the actual numbers, but like where, you know, there's a still sizable portion of the country that thinks that transgender people are not actually who they say they are, but are rather like mentally ill. And like, there's this sickness that, that they're clearly not like trans women are, are not women. Huh. but they just sick and need help. Mm. And that means like detransitioning and going back to being a guy. I just, and a lot of I just don't, get away. I just you know? don't, yeah, I just don't understand how people can waste their time with that. I, and that's just mine. I'm just like, what I hear you doing is like, I know courage wasn't a word you wanted to say, but I mean, let's be honest, you're putting yourself out there and that takes courage because you're on one hand you are definitely being a part of the change where other people you know sharing your story just like the cliche cliche share your story because like it gives people the space to realize they're not alone and you're totally a part of that change and on the flip side um you are still opening yourself up to a lot of potential backlash and so there is courage in that um and i just i don't know for me I I just don't understand how why anyone would spend their time fighting something that they don't just don't understand instead of seeking to under seeking to get curious and yeah. from a place of love like I just why would you put your energy towards seeking to f- fix through hate than seeking to yeah. understand and get curious through love it's the same amount of energy and one like and they both come from a place of non-understanding and right. gaining more information. I don't know. Right. No, totally. Well said, Rachel. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. Yeah. It's really. 
it's really interesting um, because there's um, a lot of misinformation too <laughs> there. Yeah. You know, and I, like, you know, and I hope that, like, and I had, uh, you know, I should say like, I had that same amount of misinformation when I started. Like I was very, trans, like I, not very transphobic, but I just had these wrong misconceptions about what trans women who trans women were like long before I started and that probably kept me from being a trans mm -hmm. from like you know yeah. because I just had this idea that um, it was like this very like specific thing or this this strange thing you know and so it's like I've, I've had to like unpack that in myself too mm -hmm. of just like you know like like for example um, you know, that every trans, if you're a trans woman, that means you're going to get, you know, gender confirmation surgery, mm -hmm. you know, and that's not true. Like I am, you know, just, I don't know if it's TMI, but I just have, I really don't have interest in that, yeah. you know, but to make me yeah. any less of a woman, you know, it, it's, it's like, but they, they, I think just from the media sometimes it kind of becomes like really equated, you know, and it's like, so I don't know, like I, like I think with my writing and stuff too, like I really like kind of touch, you know, that's kind of a touch point from, from what you were um, just talking about, Rachel, with, you know, just of connecting with other people, with stories, and I hope that like kind of the, the fiction that I write kind of mm -hmm. gives space different types of stories. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested in and yeah it's it's been really interesting I want to talk about that and before I do I'm feeling like what's coming up for me it, two really big things that I think are universally like relatable to anybody that you've said one when we take on a big scary ass goal or like change or transition like the baby steps in it and finding anchor points that allow you to be able to live into what you want in a way now um, yeah. to make each step like a little bit more real and a little bit, okay, now how do I feel? Now how do I feel? I think yeah. from starting a business to getting into a relationship to moving to like having kids, you know, dealing yeah. with death, um, getting a disease, like there's so many things. Uh, shit, I mean, for some people it's, I just want to be able to get up, wake up in the morning and not feel terrible about myself. And, um, yeah. and I just, I loved what you said there in that it wasn't about, you know, needing to have the change happen overnight or the thing be comfortable with it like immediately. Um, but it was about just finding these little things that you felt comfortable being able to step into yep. and then like give yourself a little bit of time to like, how does this feel? What is, you yeah. know, did I like it? Whatever. So I think when people feel like, how do I do this? That's a really cool inspiration and nugget to, to take away. Um, yeah. And then the other thing you said was in not like not knowing the information or not understanding it in your way, the barrier that that creates for you. So you mentioned when you yeah. first started this process for you, you had all these preconceived stories or whatnot because you just were uneducated. You just didn't have the info. And um, and you had a lot of ideas um, 
whether right or wrong or stereotypes and where they came from, who really cares? They were there. And right. you had to unpack them and address them. Um, I had a conversation with, I'm a life coach now, and um, even the transition of going from like advertising executive to now I'm a life coach, like that's a transition, right. you know? Like, can I own being a life coach? Like, who the fuck am I? Um, but anyways, I was coaching somebody the other day who wants to start this business and as we you know he was like how do I get started and I'm like well how do you get started you know what's the first thing you think you can do and what ended up happening is he had a lot of preconceived notions about being a CEO and so what was stopping him was his idea of what a CEO is and that didn't align with who he wanted to be and so right. there was very similarly an unpacking of these perceptions and these beliefs that maybe aren't ours. And so those two things felt very relevant to just pull out because I think they're universally very helpful in terms of just moving anything forward in your life. So no doubt. yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, let's talk about your books. You've published three on your own and now you're working on some really cool stuff. So what got you back to writing again? I had um, two short story collections published by a press called Small Beer Press out of um, Northampton and then a novel published by um, Ballantine um, Books. Mm-hmm. And that was, the, so the dates of those are 2006, 2009, 2013, right? The 2013 was, I was still publishing under my old name. Um, so I've really complicated <laughs> relationship (laughs) oh my gosh these author photos are so like not me now and it's just very weird like okay so like backtracking a little bit like remember that what I was telling you before about like making like one last ditch effort in masculinity Mm -hmm. like if the I did the super like aggressive black and white grim author dude photo for my last book and it's just so like uh, I mean, amazing photo but anyway um so yeah i had always been writing and what i was writing with like kind of the material i was writing was you know just i did it for myself as a way to like survive like it was like here's here's something i can do to like really dig into the writing um that will like help me I'm, I feel like I'm pretty good at it and it'll help but I can tell these stories and it'll help me keep my head above water just as you know I feel like I'm drowning and I think it did like I really enjoy and appreciate the stories that I wrote but like when I start transitioning it's like hmm like I don't want to write stories just to survive for myself you know, just to like a very, um, like not to write stories that are like kind of inward looking, but just really to think about what that means, like outward looking writing. And that means connecting in particular with other, you know, trans people. And and what kind of struck me was, was some of the stuff that I started writing um, was for teenagers and really thinking about like, obviously yes, for all teens, and you know grown-ups are like books for teens which there are many which i love and of which i am one of them and but to like really write these stories that kind of have this message or this through line for 
kids who were like me were very awkward and were, you know, maybe going through some gender non-conforming stuff or, or even identifying as trans or just really confused or in these really bad situations, you know, to like really write stories for them where they can see themselves. And so I started just writing this novel about, a, you know, with the vo voice of a young trans woman. And, um, and it's a fantasy novel too. So it has, you know, just, I, I just wanted to write kind of an adventure story for young trans women and, and also for a lot of other people. Right. But to like have this, like actually let, you know, uh, trans teens like go on a, adventures where they're not just you know this tragic figure or it's not just about them coming out mm -hmm. or like story or very memoirish type story which I think are fine and definitely have their place but actually like like the fact that she's trans is an important part of the book but it's not the only part you know to like really give space for her to just do things you know and yeah. to like get in trouble and 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 help people and maybe fall in love and all of this stuff so such I, a parallel but, to what you what how you're living now yes and no because I I mean the funny thing was was I ne never was a trans teen you know oh, yeah, I mean I, <laughs> I was but I but some of it so some of it is like projecting mm -hmm. like how I feel now and being you know sensitive to that of being like an adult trans woman in my early 40s and like having those types of feelings and connections to someone who's a lot younger, you know, and I probably, but to think about the type of book that I would have enjoyed or appreciated back then. So it's a little bit of a different, it's a kind of like a subtle difference, but yeah, there's definitely stuff that I put in there that are like about my experiences now. And I also write, you know, fiction, you know, I, I've been writing like sh short fiction, short stories that have that speak more towards that are more geared towards adults and so i've been starting to have those five about i've had about four of those published and they range wildly in subject matter and stuff i mean they're all science fiction and fantasy because that's what i tend to write cool. um but yeah but that's really interesting to like then that's been i've been really gratified to start to you know to publish some of those short stories as well because they're they really seem to be really connecting with an audience um, or people who are kind of hungry for those types of stories. But even if they weren't, like, I feel like this is the type of stuff that I, I need to write now that's, like, very, it's vital for me. And hopefully, like, telling these types of stories are, like, vital for, um, you know, other people who might be in my same situation or if they're not in my situation to, like, kind of start to maybe get some glimmers of understanding of empathy, like what that's like, cool. you know? So yeah. are they written? Like if somebody wanted to go get them, yeah. they are? Yeah, mostly online, like okay. three of the online. So Sweet. I can. Yeah, we'll make sure to get links so that we can put them in the show, show notes because that's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. yeah, yeah. And I have an agent for my novel, so I'm – it's been a long road trying to get it published, and mm -hmm. I'm in the middle of revising it. Um, it's had, um, you know, 18 rejections so far from editors, which is perfectly normal mm -hmm. process. So I just want to, I just need to 
finish these revisions and that's like kind of my goal for the summer when I'm laid off you know so. yeah you get a little time yeah cool yeah I'm I've been starting to I have danced forever and when I was in Minneapolis I was lucky enough to find another couple girls who and some guys who were really into a genre that we created called horror dance h-o-r-r-o-r and it was so amazing it was like the coolest weirdest thing and it was it was similar at that point in time I had all these really dark things going on and for me to have an outlet for it was huge and then I didn't dance for a really long time you know I moved to Vancouver and then I went to Milwaukee and I started biking and doing other things and literally in the last like two weeks I have been like I have all this choreography in me ready to come out and so um I'm excited similarly to what you're saying I'm excited to see what does get processed through that creativity so yeah I remember that (laughs) hey that that stuff you're doing is pretty cool I know people are always like you did what I'm like oh yeah (laughs) I I I wish I had better quality videos because they don't totally do it justice but oh man there's some cool stuff so yeah (laughs) awesome yeah um well I love that so uh Anya, if you were going to sum up how you live your true north into one word, what would that be? Um, I think that would be self-love. Mm-hmm. You know, that was something that I always try to go back to and remind myself just to be gentle with myself because I hadn't been for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And that I do love myself and that can I can draw on that to... Um, you know, be with other people and to connect with other people um, and, and to, you know, set boundaries from people who don't love themselves. Mm-hmm. That's been very difficult for me, you know, um, and that that has allowed me to, you know, continue start and continue this transition and to be in a place where, you know, I'm with all the, the the crazy shit that's been going on to like really be happy with who I am and and where where I'm at in life you know so yeah I turned 45 next week and it's like it this year is like been really good it's cool. been 44 was a good year so hey what when you first started learning to love yourself what was like how did you do that when you didn't know how before Oh, God, that's a great question. <laughs> How do you, yeah. Um, it just took a lot of, like, practice, I mm. think. Like, it's it's like a skill. Well, okay, so I should say, like, going back, like, I, doing the work in my transition allowed me to, like, not be anxious around myself. That allowed me to just relax and, like, realize I have things to love about me. The, that anxiety is, like, a tough, not to crack but I think like at its core like I think that kind of practice and building those relationships gave me the yeah allowed me to really start figuring that out and then from there it was you know taking care of myself and taking care of my kids screwing up like lots of times you know Mm -hmm. I like this transition like there are I'm sure like definitely ways like I could have done it better because like sometimes I was scared and took 
the easy way out mm. with some things, you know. Um, so it was just a long process of being okay with screwing up too, yeah. and that didn't mean I was a bad person. Yeah, you know, like you know, I beat myself up over like really small stuff and like allowing myself to not necessarily beat myself up was just a huge turning point mm-hmm. you know that allowed me to just just kind of like be okay with me being a person who makes mistakes you know yeah and yeah from there it just kind of that kind of allowed like the kindling for that to kind of like catch fire a little bit so it's so cool because it, what it sounds like to me is that it was maybe not in the form of like what we would define as like overt self-love but it was like maybe it started with the seed of a desire that you just like I can't keep operating the way that I am like that's actually a form of self-love and then and then yep. that allowed you to get to a place where you could give yourself permission to be more yourself that's a form of self-love and then that allowed you to be able to you know whatever 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 and that cumulative effect is now just a state of being in each moment and addressing what you need for who you want to be right now and that's really cool yeah and and totally and I think like I think about that a lot just in terms of even though I'm not a guy, you know, I kind of masqueraded as a guy mm-hmm. while, and it's, it's really hard for guys like emotional yeah. to get any type of skills whatsoever, like to have any type of like, um, like emotional intelligence for guy when you're a guy is like frowned upon, Yeah, you know, yeah. the places. And so, um, it's, and so that was a huge struggle just because like, you know, obviously I moved away from that, but it was like being in these male social groups where you were, you know, being expected to be one of the guys was, you know, kind of like disparaging, like displays of emotion or vulnerability, you know, and that is, and that like really set me back for a long time. It's just something I think about a lot, that it's, like, really difficult, you know, for men to, like, have that space to, like, start to learn that stuff and, like, what makes sense for them, you know? There's a lot of, you know, bad, you know, options for them that that aren't good, so. Yeah. Ah, so fascinating my thought on it is like or my feeling is I the person I want to be in the world is is creating space for people to be connected to their soul like who they are and when I say soul I don't mean it in any sort of way except for that's what I've defined like this life force that's inside of me um that I can't really explain and um and so I believe that I experience humans being super vulnerable, but that's because that's the energy that I put out and usually the people that I attract. Um, yeah. And societally, I, I, definitely, I definitely see that and see that struggle and see guys that I have known who are sensitive 
struggle and when they go to that place of trying to be masculine when it's not their way how detrimental it can be to themselves and the people around them um and and it does make me sad and at the same time I also know that the best thing I can do is to keep doing what I'm doing which is loving them and giving them the space to like maybe for a second they felt tenderness, you know, or like, I don't know. And, and that's what, how I can contribute. And, um, what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, I definitely do see a shift and I don't know if that's because I'm paying attention to it more or whatever, but I definitely think the younger generations are, um, are morphing the lines of gender and the rules. I myself, definitely have taken more of a stand of like allowing myself to be whoever I am in any moment. Like sometimes I wear makeup and I'm really girly looking and I'm sexy with high heels. That is definitely not the norm. (laughs) Most of the time I dress pretty androgynously and, um, and it's, I, and I'm, I love it, you know? And, um, I think the more that everybody is allowed to play in that space and figure out what they need in each moment, it is going to just, organically shift but but we've got some pretty strong structures in in existence in our society no it's definitely an interesting conversation and and again I think you Anya being able to like be yourself and share your story and me being able to be myself and share my story and Janelle being able to be herself and share her story like I don't necessarily I personally don't necessarily think it's about like forcing the pendulum the other way per se it's literally just giving people permission to be whoever the fuck they are like be be a girl with augmented breasts and large eyelashes if that is who you are fuck yeah you know be somebody who or and I'm being really superficial like from an external standpoint but like literally I think it's more about people just really getting grounded in in themselves and the more we can get comfortable with ourselves then all of the the labels and shit don't really actually matter because now I'm just right. having a conversation human to human. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I totally – and I'm, like, so appreciative of the guys that I know who have worked through that mm-hmm. because they necessarily haven't had a lot of models as, like, you know, but to be, like, good dads and to – you know, be good boyfriends and husbands and to just find their their own way, you know, to some extent or to really find ways that makes, you know, kind of that they're able to find something inside of themselves that can, that they they can really make those connections. So I'm really sort of of dudes who can do that. You know, and that brings up a really good point too, because it's like, I think there's a lot of times where I have judged really, like, dude dudes and been like, oh, they're just, you know, it's just a mask. And actually then when I talk to them, like, they actually just are a dude's dude, but they're being like a regular stereotypical dude doesn't mean that you don't have stuff below the surface. And that them being that isn't a mask. That's actually them. And so, and to be honest, being in Dallas, I definitely came down here with a preconceived notion of of people who looked, you know, more augmented. And it has been a really cool 
um, eye-opening experience for me to realize that like my like I always thought you do that to hide something and that's not the case sometimes like you know we're all just trying to figure out who we are and sometimes you know they get just as bad of a rep because it's it's like Kleenex you know a brand doesn't want their brand name to become the definition of a category title because then it loses its meaning or whatnot. It's like the same thing. It's like, oh, now, you know, society thinks that Barbie is a representation of like anti-feminism. Well, shit, what if you're Barbie? (laughs) So now you're fucked, (laughs) you know? So it's like nobody's winning. So why don't we just let people be whoever they are um, and love themselves from that space because we all have a place to exist. So Right. Totally. And, and like for, tr- for trans women, like some um, people who are critical, usually other women, by the way, like mm-hmm. who are critical of, of trans women will say, well, you know, you're getting breast I- implants and, you know, you want, you know, the gender confirmation surgery. That's just, um, they, they say that that's just, you know, reinforcing these you know, standards yeah. of femininity. And that's like, you know, this of this patriarchal society. And it's like, well, fuck that. You know, it's like, I, I want to be able like, and, and that's not necessarily me, you know, I, yeah. I definitely know trans women, who, but it's like, fuck that, because they are allowed you know, trans women are like any other woman or person who yes. are, are allowed to want things, yes. you know, we're allowed to have these dreams of, you know, whether it's looking a certain way or, you know, living a certain way, however we want. Like, that's not a slam on how anyone else lives their life. Yeah, like, let's not make no boobs the new, like, boobs from back in the day. You know what I mean? Like, let's not swing the pendulum so far. Like, we all... That's a cool even though I feel like I've heard that having no chest and a big ass is the thing now. <laughs> I was like, uh, oh, <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I divert. I di- <laughs> Whatever, digress is the word I'm looking digress. for. <laughs> no, it is, it's a really interesting, it's a fascinating topic of like how far the pendulum swings and in trying to overcompensate, do we just recreate the same scenario but with different forms? <laughs> yep. Totally. Well, if anyone wanted to connect with you or, you know, get in touch with you, how would they do that? Um, probably the best way is honestly, uh, I'll give like two, um, two links. Um, like my Twitter is mm-hmm. like kind of my online address where I'm at a lot. Cool. Uh, so that's a De Niro, a D E N I R O one handle on Twitter. Um, that's also my handle on Instagram. That's probably a really good way to, um, to reach me and just kind of find out about the writing that I'm doing and kind of like what I'm working on or just like my thoughts about, you know, being a trans woman and, and a lot of selfies too. So, (laughs) (laughs) and there you have it. Another episode of the true North collective podcast in the books. Thank you all for listening. If you want to reach out to Rachel or I, you can always connect with us on Instagram at the true north collective underscore. 
Otherwise, this has been another episode of Everyday People, fearlessly finding their true north. Until next time.